It's for the way you look at me Oh, it's for the only one I see V is very, very I shall not cause harm to any podcast, nor the personal opinions thereof, nor through inaction let the podcast or, or the personal opinions thereof come to harm. That's what I call the podcast code. Not many people got a code to live by anymore. Welcome to the next scene, the podcast taking on pop culture and the world one scene at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Sean German. And I'm your other host, Brian German. And with us today to to go along with uh, the theme of this season, which is uh, beginnings and and firsts, our first guest of the season is a uh, comedian and podcast socialite from the Now You've Seen It podcast. It's Alice. Welcome, Alice. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for for joining us. We're very excited. Um, This is all new territory because not only is this our first show with a guest, this is uh, this is my first pick. Our previous shows were all uh, Brian picks, so you kind of get you get invited into uh, the brain of Sean here, and um, <laughs> my pick is the 1984 classic Repo Man, and and sticking with our our theme of beginnings, we're gonna we're, we're covering the beginning of Repo Man, and it's the. We've got two minutes of credits and two minutes of the first scene of the film. And if you haven't seen Repo Man, first I'll say you're missing out. You got to check it out. It's a it's a great great movie. And the the credits. Um, well, I've I've long loved these these credits. One of my favorite credit sequences from a film. I think I think these credits could be a film unto themselves. Uh, it's it's a map. It's an overhead view of a map. It's a black screen in green text. And we start in Los Alamos, New Mexico. And we follow the map through twists and turns through the desert, all the way across the border to Homer, California, taking a, a few stops along the way. But it's all just overhead green on black text with Iggy Pop in the, in the background. Um, great, great title song, Repo Man from Iggy Pop. Well, let's start off with what's everyone's one's history with this film. I'll start with you, Alice. So what's what's your history with Repo Man? Yeah, I mean, I've heard the name before. Um, I have never seen it. I've never even seen a synopsis on Google or anything like that. So I have no idea. I actually told a friend recently that I was going to come on and talk about this. And he said, Repo the Genetic Opera, and I have not seen that either, <laughs> but I also know the name of that movie, mm-hmm. and I also, I'm not sure if those are the same. Yeah, I'm going in completely blind, and I love it. Okay, I, I love it. I love that as well. Um, and, and Brian, what's your history? Well, I've seen this movie, but it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I probably saw it in the 90s, actually, was the first and only time I've seen it. <laughs> first and only time. Okay. And I will say I saw this, I didn't see it in the theater, but I did see it in the eighties, probably not soon after. And this, this is a, this is a movie we'll probably be revisiting repeatedly through different episodes of the show, because particularly for the soundtrack, this has got a great soundtrack with um, lots of great bands. This was sort of my introduction to punk in addition to uh, the theme song from Iggy pop. 
it's got the the circle jerks it's got um, a lot of great bands it was it, my introduction to a, a lot of hardcore and um and and punk bands of the 80s so and this is something i watch it um every couple of years i'll pull it out and rewatch it because it's it's yeah it's one of my favorites um and so let's let's dive in let's let's talk about these credits so we start with a black screen we first get uh the first credit in red text in edge city production and then we get two names first we get harry dean stanton the great harry dean stanton and then emilio estevez and this is when he's coming into his prime, right? Right about 84. You have young guns coming up, I guess, a few years later. This really kicks it off. So at this point, like, yeah, like Harry Dean Stanton is, I mean, he's been around since probably the fifties. Like he, oh, yeah. he kind of brings some gravitas. Um, obviously, uh, Brett played the, the great part in alien in 79. Like he's kind of the no name at this point. Emilio, had been in um, The Outsiders, right. I think. So he's just kind of starting his... Yeah, I mean, you're right. So, yeah, I mean, because 85, you've got The Breakfast Club and St. Elmo's Fire and then Maximum Overdrive and, yeah, Young Guns in 88. Like, he is, he's about to blow up. He's about to blow he's up. He's about to blow up. But I think at this point, probably not a lot of people recognize that name to be the second credit and above the title at this point we haven't seen the, the title of the film yet and then following emilio estevez's name the screen goes black and then we get it's kind of like would it be like an air traffic controller screen that that's what i was going to say it looks just like it would be in, you'd see in like a radar yeah we see a, a, it's like a road map so we've got the highways laid out in green and cities are named it, it focuses in or it, it pulls in on Los Alamos um, and then Repo Man, the title of the film comes up. And so what do we think? So the screen, so we start on Los Alamos and then as the, um, the screen flashes in and out and different scenes or different um, bits of this map come up and we, we follow, you know, we see a, a, um, a path that's being traced but we don't know, like, it doesn't tell us anything, you know, yet we don't know anything about what's really happening. So kind of what's your impression? What do you think? Like, what could be, what could have happened at Los Alamos that kind of kicks off all this action? Do you want to go first, Brian? You want well, to, to me, this whole thing strikes as almost like a techno thriller at this point. If not knowing, not seeing it, just watching this, you really get the vibe of, I, I don't want to say it's like a. I, I kept thinking Terminator. I don't know why. It reminded me though mm. a little bit of like the beginning of like a sci-fi, which I mean, I guess it sort of is movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what I got. That's that's as best as I can explain. It just it seemed very uh, techno to me. Yeah. So Alice, like, did you like what was your first impression? Does I'll, I'll start with Los Alamos. Does that mean anything to you? Did you recognize no, that name? No, 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 I didn't recognize the name. And only after Googling it did I see, oh, my God, like, that's where the atomic bomb was mm -hmm. was created. You know, so that was like, okay, so that's a clue. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, kind of keep <laughs> back my my 
opinions so far because I know it's going to be greater discussions on music and, and everything too. But I will say at, at first, when the first two names come up and it's quiet and I even had to check, like, is my computer working? Oh, wait, no. Oh, my God, is this whole credits quiet? Mm-hmm. Is there no music in them? <laughs> you know, thinking, oh, what a creepy vibe that would be. You know what a what what an artistic choice that would be, um, so that that was just very interesting. And then just for the visuals, yeah. The, I mean, I didn't really know anything about kind of what was what was on that map. Um, I mean, an interesting kind of beginning nar- narration for a movie. I, I think the flashing lights were kind of distracting, but still going with that with that vibe, um, that that techno vibe, maybe that. Yeah. Sci-fi esque. Yeah. Vibe. Yeah. It's almost like a like a flickering screen mm-hmm. effect. Yeah. It, I think it, that's what also gave it the, the impression to me of just it's like it's a, it's futuristic. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny you said that because I, I I like I said I watch the movie every few years, and once the music kicks in, it's this great Iggy Pop with driving guitars and banging drums, and that's kind of what I remember. And then when I play it, you know, if I haven't seen it for a while, that when I start playing it, I have the same reaction. I'm like, is this, do I have my volume turned all the way down? Cause the, yeah. So it starts perfectly silent. And then I think it's, it sounds like uh, the drumsticks banging together, kind of tapping out time before the guitar comes in. And yeah, I have that very same thing every once in a while, even having seen it before that I'm like, are my speakers working? I, I I'm expecting sound, but it starts off quiet. And then, it, it comes in and I'll say, um, I don't want to say too much because, again, I think this is something we'll revisit later. Maybe we'll do a special episode just on um, on the soundtrack. But I want to say so. You have to let me go on the, on the sound because yeah. I have so many thoughts <laughs> of all the clues that it gave. Okay. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I definitely want to talk about that. I, you know, I'm kind of – I'm walking a line here because – I kind of don't want to spoil it. I hope that, you know, this four minutes, this starting section of the movie has got your, your interest there, Alice, so that maybe you'll watch the whole movie and I'll try not to, I'll, I'll, I'll try to make sure we leave some surprises if you do watch the movie. Oh yeah. But I will say, so um, Iggy Pop was approached by, um, by the writer and the director of this film, uh, Alex Cox to, you know, specifically, Hey, I'm making this movie. Can you, you know, can you do the soundtrack for me? So Iggy Pop goes in the studio. He gets uh, Steve Jones, guitarist from the Sex Pistols, and uh, Clem Burke and Nigel Harrison from Blondie are the rest of the band that's bu- that's backing Iggy on this. So he's got there's some names, there's some some bona fides, like genuine kind of hardcore punk rock royalty um, are backing up, and then you know. Iggy Pop himself, speaking of, of rock and roll royalty, to really kick it off. And then the it's a powerful start. And I just wanted to say the I feel like there hasn't been many movies before this one that use like real rock stars to do soundtracks. I know there's a, a, a couple, but I feel like this is one of the first where it's a major rock star doing a movie soundtrack, movie song. Yeah. Right. Is there any is there anything before this that sticks out? Not like this. And and I think, and that's a good point. So and I'll, I'll give a, a shout out to 
um, our friends over at Indiana Jones Minute, um, who are currently doing coverage of uh, the George Lucas film, American Graffiti. And they talked about that, how that film um, is heavily scored, like or, or has a heavy soundtrack where each scene has a song associated with it. And, and, um, and that's one of the first songs to go like that, where it's not, it's licensed music, it's existing songs that they pulled in as the soundtrack for the film rather than just an original score and that it being pop songs. And of course this later would become more common. And then, you know, one of the signatures of Martin Scorsese, his use of, of, of music and, and um, you know, popular songs in his film. But yeah, I think back then and particularly, so just to have, you know, really the, the songs, the, the movie scored by popular music and then, to have it be punk, you know, not, you know, there are things like, um, was it the big chill where they had all those, you know, all the albums came out and it was all like the, the classic rock and stuff from the sixties, um, for a movie that I think was, you know, in the eighties, but this is a movie in the eighties with songs from the eighties. Right. And not, yeah, not popular songs. I'm guessing most of the people seeing this movie would not know, these songs and know these bands really kind of kind of risky and it's a it's a risky film i think it 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 goes along with it yeah i agree yeah yeah i oh man i i loved this song i immediately wanted to know what it was called <laughs> who sings this i was happy kind of at the end when it said you know that this theme mm-hmm. was by iggy pop i assume that's what it's that's what it's called yeah um but yeah, no, I was, and what was funny was so what we started with, as we said, the silence, and I was like, oh, eerie, and then that starts, and I'm like, oh, okay, so it's like a buddy sex movie, because that's <laughs> all I, that's exactly what it sounded like, and I, oh, it's it's American Pie in a car, like, that's all I could think that it was, you know? Yeah. So, like, wow. as much as I want to say, you know, it's techno, it's this, it's that, no, there was no, you know, creepy vibe, it was just... All right, that's what I'm. That's what I'm about to watch. Yeah, and you know, and, and it's another thing that it's and and in particular, I wanted to get someone who hadn't seen the movie or, ha- or wasn't so familiar with it. So it was fortunate that yeah. that we we found you, Alice. That sometimes I I've listened to even more than I've seen the movie. I've listened to the soundtrack, and I know these songs so well that I forget there's no lyrics. So you don't know until, yeah, until you get to the end of the credits and it says, I think it's like Repo Man theme by Iggy Pop. Like you wouldn't know it's Iggy Pop because there's no Iggy Pop. The song that they they play this song again over the closing credits. And then it's, if you know Iggy Pop, then he's singing. You can like hear his voice. Then you'd be like, oh, that's oh, Iggy okay. Pop. Yeah. I, sometimes I forget there's no lyrics over the opening credits. So there's no way you would know. <laughs> You know, even if you're familiar with Iggy Pop, if you don't know this song, you wouldn't know till the very end. Like, this is just a fun road trip. Yeah, this is just, yeah, this is just a road trip with, <laughs> you know, it's, um, yeah, you know, with with an old guy and a young guy. It's Harry Dean Stanton and Emilio Estevez driving through the desert. Maybe it's their, it's their Thelma and Louise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't well, know at this point. I was going to say Buddy Cop, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, we start. In Los Alamos, the the home of the Manhattan Project, the birth of the atomic bomb, home to uh, the the National Labs where they um, 
I don't think they do as, as much um, bomb work anymore. But at this point, during the Cold War, from the, the 40s up through the 80s, this was very hush-hush, a very secretive place because they were working on top-secret bombs and whatnot. So the, the map slowly changes. It flashes. There's different um, different cutaways and, and different transitions as we, we follow the map. So we leave we get the title of the film repo man. Um, then we follow the map. We, we, we take uh, 285 towards Santa Fe. And then we turn uh, on 25 route 25. We head South to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, this is one of uh, a handful of stops that the, um, that the credits make and that I want to make. So it's, it's not really a stop, but the view of the map, kind of pulls in, we get a close up of the section of the map that's over Albuquerque. So what do you think happens in Albuquerque? Like why, you know, what's, why do we pull in at, on this, at this part of the map? What do you think is going on here? Did that, did you have any ideas about that, Alice? Well, I thought, you know, let's, let's go back to Los Alamos. I think that and I'm really just choosing tourist places. I would mm -hmm. want to go. Really. <laughs> okay. So Bradbury science museum. Uh, your window into Los Alamos National Laboratory. Yeah. I think that these guys went to that museum, were having a good day, seeing the movie Curie or the musical Curie Me Away, uh, internationally touring musical <laughs> based on the science life and discoveries of Marie Curie. Okay, um, yeah, very appropriate. Made its premiere, so I think they're doing that. And then they saw a beautiful woman, and they, of course, tried to tried to follow her. Mm -hmm. And she pulls the fire alarm and maybe steals an atomic bomb exhibit or something. I don't know. And then <laughs> she drops. She and so they they try to help her escape. And I don't know. She drops her what triptych? Is that what happened in the eighties? Sure. Know. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and it said, "All right, let's go to Albuquerque. I'll be at the Albuquerque Biopark, which is at the zoo. I would definitely go to the zoo." So they go to the zoo <laughs> and have a good day. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Albuquerque. That's where I'm at with it. <laughs> that sounds plausible. I could go with that. How about you, Brian? Were, were you thinking about the Albuquerque Zoo? No, I wasn't thinking of surprisingly, I wasn't thinking of the zoo. Um, I, these guys are on a mission to me. There is no sightseeing. They're stopped at a Bob's Big Burgers. They're they're eating, they're getting back <laughs> on the road, and they're making their way. They are on a mission. And I don't think they're seeing anything. Okay. Yeah. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm all right. See, with. see, I saw Albuquerque and I think um I think breaking bad. And I think you know the just oh. recently returned um mm. Better Call Saul season just kicked off recently as we're we're recording this. Now, obviously, this is what 20 years before the events that we see take place during Breaking Bad. I kind of thought there's probably there's still some tweakers, there's you know, there's not the the Heisenberg blue crystal out there, but there's going to be some some biker meth flowing around. There's ne'er do wells and 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 <laughs> kind of shady characters that uh, that maybe our our drivers are going to come into. They're going to get into some trouble. Maybe someone tries to steal the car that they're driving, and then they've got to get it back because of something they have. Um, that's that's kind of where where my my mind went. Um, now over this, so as we're going in, we, we, so we've got the map, we've got the, 
um, you know, the highways and byways labeled in green, and we've got, um, you know, late and the the towns, uh, you know, cities and town names in in the sort of fluorescent green, and then over it, overlaid in red, we're getting we're getting some more names. So we got the uh, Harry Dean Stanton, Emilio Estevez, Repo Man, title of the movie. Um, we got Olivia Barish. And now over Albuquerque, we get Tracy Walter. And I just want to mention, folks probably know Tracy Walter better as Bob the Goon from the 1989 Batman film. Um, so there's a, a, a Batman, Batman connection there. Yes, he, and uh, he was in Married to the Mob, one of my favorites. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's one of those he's one of those guys like I don't I you know, I don't always remember the name and I, I assume a, a lot of people probably don't remember the name, but as soon as you see him it's like, "Oh, it's that guy." You know, he's oh, he's one of those for me. He's one of those he's he's that guy. I mean, he's got 170 something credits in IMDb. I mean, he's been in a million movies, and and I think he was in like um, Signs of the Lambs. He's been in everything. Yeah, I mean, he was in um, uh, City Slickers. Mm -hmm. uh, he's he was in De uh, Death to Smoochie. He was in Conan uh, um, right around this time, same year. He was in Conan the Destroyer, uh, the sequel to Conan the Barbarian. Um, you know, in addition to a million uh, guest spots and you know, single episode showing up on different series. So yeah, he's, he's definitely, I think a lot of people, if they don't recognize the name, um, you know, Jersey's own born in Jersey city. Uh, if you don't recognize the name, trust Tracy Walter, you'll see him and you'll be like, all right, he's been in everything. Been in everything. Um, so we leave, uh, we leave Tracy and we leave Albuquerque. We get uh, the next credits. We get um, Cy Richardson and Susan Barnes and we head so we leave Albuquerque, we take uh, 66 West, which I think now, if you're trying to recreate this on your own, I think it's now uh, Interstate 40, but in in this map, it's, um, it's, it's Route 66, so they take 66 West, continue on 66 through uh, Thoreau, New Mexico, cross the Continental Divide, uh, we head south. Um, we turn south before you get to Gallup on um, Route 400 slash 12. And then uh, we turn on to 53 West, where the next zoom in is Rama, New Mexico, is uh, the next kind of stopping point where the, the, the map uh, zooms in. And so, Brian, what do you think? What's going on? And this is like this is like real desert territory, middle of nowhere. Um, there's Indian reservations, which shows you how much the white man thought of this land, that this, this is some of the territory that we, we left for the native Americans. Um, so what do you think happens in Rama, New Mexico to cause the map to kind of pause for a moment and zoom in? This is, I think this is nighttime. This is, they have just, they needed a break. They mm -hmm. need to stop. They're looking for maybe some motel along the route. Um, maybe they're going to just pull over, sleep in the car. I think they're resting up. Something big is coming down the pipe and they need to, they need their energy. Okay. Okay. That's funny. Cause I, so I, 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 obviously I, I watched the credits very closely to follow the twist and turns and, and see where they went, but I didn't track distances. So I'm not sure how long they've, they've driven at this point, but you think they're, it's kind of the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. All right. 
Um, what do you think, Alice? What do you what do you think? Where's where's the trip going at this point? Where's the story? Yeah. Um, I know. I was I was trying to, you know, think of. I mean, there's no there, there's no zoos here. There's no <laughs> science museum. Um, it says people uh, on Google it says people also search for Roswell. Mm -hmm. So that's not super promising. Um. <laughs> Although I guess they're all New Mexico places, it took me a second to be like, "Oh well, okay, it's just another, another city." Yeah, and I, I thought that was interesting because I thought there might be—I don't know—I'm not too familiar with New Mexico geography too mm -hmm. much, and I thought there might be like a Roswell tie-in. And Roswell's like—it's not—it's not really close. I think Roswell's like the southern part of New Mexico. Los Alamos is is northern part. Like this never goes close, which is kind of. Particularly if if you know if you've seen the movie and you kind of know what's coming, you might think Roswell's involved that maybe there's a stop there. But this is uh, yeah they they don't go anywhere near Roswell. What I thought might be going on is kind of maybe they ran into a shaman um, at this point. Maybe there's a, a peyote ceremony um, involved. Maybe the woman they're chasing was a. Native American woman, and so they're like, I bet she's here, and so they're chasing mm. her and going, I don't know, to the wolf sanctuary mm. nearby. I wish she was wearing a ugly wolf t-shirt. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she, I'm, I'm, she, yeah, she's wearing a very fine, she's got the three wolves howling at the moon. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's here to commune with... Uh, girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great shirt. Great shirt. <laughs> she's returning to the wolves, and they, they continue to follow her. And she turns into a wolf. No, I don't know. Well, stranger things have happened. Sure. Yeah. So we we've um, I've kind of fast forwarded because we're not gonna we're not gonna delve too much into each and every um, all the the cast folks, but um, so a few names have have flashed by. But I do want to mention one guy, um, one name that has shown up, uh, particularly at this point over or, or no, actually it was. Um, a little bit earlier in Gallup was Michael Sandoval. And you may not recognize the name because um, that's not his name, or that's not the name he goes by these days. These days it's Miguel uh, Sandoval, who well, I particularly know from, was it medium? Yeah. From the medium TV series where he was the district attorney that the, the medium was working with to help, um, help solve crimes and stuff. And he's another guy where I recognize the name, um, but he's been in in a ton of things. I mean, this was, I think this he'd done a, like a one or two TV appearances. This was his first movie. He was still a young man um, back in these days, but he's done a couple hundred things since then in the the thirty years um, since this movie was released. Um, he's been in a ton, a ton of stuff and another another kind of like. If you see the face, you'll be like, oh, yeah, it's that guy. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, he, credited here is Michael now goes by Miguel. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is just to, and to tie in what we're talking about, what I was talking about, the, um, the, the soundtrack and the punk rock and getting Iggy Pop involved to write the theme song. The next movie that Alex Cox would do is Sid and Nancy. Uh, the film, uh, the film on Sid Vicious from the Sex Pistols, and 
and Nancy. And he was writer director on that writer director on this. And a lot of the same, a bunch of the actors that are featured in this film also show up in, in that as well. So if you're free, and I think that, um, this Sid and Nancy from 1986, I think that that did a little bit better in the box office at the time, probably a little bit more well-known in, in general. And that's the um, Gary Oldman playing Sid Vicious in that. So if you're familiar with, if you're familiar with Sid and Nancy, it's the same guy, the same guy who wrote and directed that did this. And also you're going to see a lot of the same actors that you saw in that showing up here as well. Did Repo Man do badly in the box office? It didn't do great. It's kind of it's one of those things where it's it's a cult hit, and actually, it's th there's a bit of a story there. It's one of those things where there's a new head of the studio, you know, and of course, then there's no enthusiasm because if something does good, the old guy gets the credit, and if it does bad, you can always blame the you know the previous end. So I think I think they had finished filming. And maybe we're getting ready for a release, like really late in the process, there was a new head of the studio. And so it, it never got the, um, it didn't get the, it didn't get the press. It didn't get the promotion that it really needed. And actually it was the soundtrack. They had released the soundtrack either in conjunction or maybe even a week before the film came out. And, you know, it's got, um, in addition to, uh, so Iggy Pop, Black Flag, The Circle Jerks, I think I mentioned already, Suicidal Tendencies, The Plugs, a couple other bands, like really hot up and coming punk hardcore ba bands at the time. And the soundtrack blew up. And then they were like, people were clamoring to see this movie. They've got this great soundtrack. They want to see the movie. And it kind of, it never really got the the proper promotion. And then kind of with the, the you know home video and rentals and stuff it kind of got a second life that it it really is one of those cult hits where I'm I'm sure it's made its money now through rentals and DVDs and tapes and now streaming and everything that it's 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 made money now and if they didn't make money on the film they certainly certainly made money on the soundtrack and it wasn't expensive to make if I remember looking let me see if I could pull it up it did make back its money it looks like it they made it for like a million. Yeah. Like a million and a half. Yeah. So yeah, the budget was one and a half million, which isn't that crazy. I think even for back then. Yeah. Even back then. And well, and particularly for, so it is kind of, it's, there's a sci-fi aspect. I mean, it's sort of a, 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 they end up, I mean, we're getting there. We're, we're following the map, but eventually we get to LA and it's kind of like a, a modern, well, 1980s modern noir of like the 50s LA film, but it's got some sci-fi aspects to it. And there are some special effects, but yeah, they did not spend a lot of money on it, which probably made it all the more easier to just, you know, for the, for the studio to just shelve and not really promote it. All right. So we leave. Let's, we, I just want to say one thing about the credits though. Yeah. One last thing, an appreciation, if you will. The long credit. I don't. They, movies don't do this anymore. We're talking about two minutes worth of credits in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I love that. I know, you know some of my favorites. You know, Batman in '89 has it. 
I just I like the long credit intro. It's nice. What do you guys think? Like a movie like in the forties or something. Yeah. I like it. I like it. What do what do you think, Alice? Um, I mean it's it's okay. I mean it's kind of like those very, very old <laughs> old old movies from old Hollywood. Um yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I think what was interesting for me was I mean it's it's good that you're kind of explaining you know where, where some of these actors are are better known now um because to me i mean i recognized the name harry stanton no idea why um, <laughs> thankfully I, I don't know if at some point it was harry dean stanton i think mm-hmm. here it was just harry stanton um and then Emilio estevez i knew that name although i wasn't sure if it was like charlie sheen's real name his dad's real name <laughs> i had to figure that i'm like oh no that's his brother mm-hmm. okay because yeah, I, I know charlie you know has like that similar real name mm-hmm. um so that and then I, but then I, I feel like i've never seen so many people that i had no idea i mean i was like they could have just listed random people off the street and i you know had never seen so many i mean i know and i didn't know what era this movie was from but in, so I know like the eighties aren't really my era, but I, I still like, I had no, no idea who these people were. And I had never seen so many names also in a, in a, in a beginning credit scene or getting, getting credits where I just did not know anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's kind of like that. I, I, re- I, I recognize a lot more faces than names. I must admit. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Now yeah! Now that you're like Miguel, and you know, yeah, you Google them, and you're like, okay, all right, yeah, all right, Miguel Sandoval was an yeah. airbud. Got it, you know. <laughs> of course, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I really like this, and this is, I mean, one of the things I like about it that I could see it, it might be frustrating to someone else, but I particularly like it is how does this credit sequence relate to the rest of the film? And it's a bit of a stretch because the film happened. So this, as I said, this is a, it's really like a a modern, well, 1980s modern LA noir. So the film takes place entirely in LA. I think the only parts that aren't in LA kind of, I don't know if it's LA proper or, you know, Los Angeles proper, but there's kind of the surrounding suburbs. Um, The only sequence is, so the, the first two minutes of credits and then that first scene, the two minutes afterwards, um, that will hopefully at some point we'll get to, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But the first, after those first four minutes, we don't return. We don't return to New Mexico. We don't return to the desert. We don't oh. go to Los Alamos. Like, so this is, it's like an entirely separate movie that we're seeing this road trip, um, th- you know, this road trip through the desert from New Mexico to California in my mind is kind of like a separate, like they, they could do a prequel of, of this trip that they're, that we're following here. Like what, what happens here? Cause we never, we never revisit it. We don't hear anything. Um, other, other than referencing Los Alamos as sort of the starting point, but yeah, we don't, we don't revisit any of these locations, which I think is kind of, it's kind of nice. It's kind of like that mystery of, you know, where do these, you know, kind of where are things coming from? We don't know. And then where do they go at the end? There's some question marks at the end as well. It doesn't wrap everything up in a neat little package. And I kind of, I like that. I like the mystery, you know, it kind of make, make me 
you know, make me work for it. I mean, it's not every, not everything served up on a silver platter. You gotta, right, right. you gotta think about it. So, uh, yeah, this is really different because there's, there's opening sequences like, well, I think of like the, the blues brothers that kind of starts at dawn with like the sun rising and there's overhead shots of Chicago and like the whole movie kind of has around Chicago. And I think if I remember correctly, like Beverly Hills cop has a similar thing with Detroit because it starts in Detroit. That's where um, Eddie Murphy is a cop, like in the, the beginning of that film, but it like, it, you know, those things, they start where like the movie starts or where the movie takes place. And it's like, no, we're starting we're starting way before the movie starts. Like we're in this different place that we never get to that. We don't see, you know, the actual, what actually happens here. We just know, we know something happens, but we don't know what. So, <laughs> so yeah. So I, I really like that. Yeah. Um, so and then it goes into the movie basically. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. And, and it sets up the, the fun and the like coolness of, of this, these credits give you such a mood shift as you when you go into that first yeah. scene. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I'm, it, it, I mean, it went from like the fun to oh, it's the seventies. Like that was my guess. Yeah. So we we leave Rama, New Mexico. Uh, we continue on fifty three West. We head through Black Rock and the Zuni Reservation. Um, that fifty three, I think, just becomes sixty one. Uh, Highway 61, and when you cross over into Arizona, um, and then we turn off onto uh, we head southwest on 666, which is it's and it's another one where if you're trying to recreate this trip on your own, it's now uh, State Highway 191, and I'm thinking either probably either people objected to 666 or maybe the like the signs kept getting stolen. Um, cause people thought 666 was cool. So, so that's now, uh, state highway 191 where we head South and we get, uh, going back to the credits, we get casting Victoria Thomas. And I just want to mention that name because if you don't follow, um, casting credits too closely, this is another one where you may not recognize the name, but you certainly know the work. She. This is her first casting credit, but she would go on to cast uh, True Stories. Uh, she did casting. She worked with. She did uh, so Edward Scissorhands and Ed Wood. Uh, oh, Tim Burton. Oh, yeah, Tim Burton. Yeah, so she went on to work with Tim Burton a couple times. So she did the casting. Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood. Uh, she also did the the casting for Glitter with the great Mariah Carey. You know, so mm, the, that was the peak of her. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I mean, so so she she's gone on to do many many things. Uh, you know, High Fidelity, Gone in sixty seconds, uh, Bullworth, mm. Armistad, Con Air. So you know, she uh, she put Nick Nick Cage in a couple things. So she went on to do a, a lot of stuff. But this is her first um, her first casting credit, Repo Man, nineteen eighty four. So then we take uh, we we hop over to uh, one eighty. Route 180 past the Petrified Forest, and we get the credits for Art Direction, uh, J. Ray Fox, and Linda Burbank. And then we we turn back onto 66, um, which is now I-40, and editor Dennis Doland, as we pass through uh, Flagstaff, Arizona, and Ash Fork. 
and now finally we get we get the uh, what do we we get the music credits so we get music by music by Stephen Hofstetter and Humberto Lariva and the Repo Man theme Iggy Pop which again you would not have heard Iggy Pop you get if you stick around to the end over the end credits you get Iggy Pop singing uh, the song and you hear his voice but at this point you've just heard music um, and at this point we're, uh, yeah, passing through Ash Fork and then where do we head? Oh, and then we go on, then we turn off on to 40, we cross over into California and then we turn, uh, North at, in Needles, California on 95 and then West again on 66. And this is a really interesting point of the credits for me because, um, we do our final zoom in which is, it's not labeled, but I think this is Homer, California. Uh, this particular part of the map, it's um, between Needles and Goffs. But suddenly there's a dot on the map and it has a blinking circle around it. And then overlaid, we get the credit written and directed by Alex Cox. Did that? So what did that make you think when you see, so now it's not just a map, but there's sort of like a pin in the map. There's a, there's a dot indicating a specific location. Did that jump out at you? What did you think of that, Brian? That, I mean, honestly, with that one, I figured that this is just where we're at. That actually, that's what I, okay. it, this is where we're starting at. Okay. That one, I didn't, I didn't have any uh, grand ideas. It's just like, okay, it's about to begin. Yeah, see, what I thought when I what that makes me think is now this is not just we're not just following, we're not kind of like an impartial observer, or we're not just the audience following these people on a road trip. Like, there's someone else, there's now a third party here, there's someone who's tracking this road trip, there's someone who is right. kind of plate, you know, if there's a if there's a pin in a map, someone must have placed the pin there, and who is that? Um, did that, did, did, do you think anything of that, Alice, or are you, it just I did me? not, I'm, I'm just trying to watch it again right now. Cause I'm like, I didn't even notice. Yeah. So it's, it's what, like 150, 155 into the film. Oh, okay. And suddenly there's this blinking circle around a specific point on this map. And that just kind of like, okay, there's, there's someone on a road trip that we're following down the highway. And there's someone else. There's someone else who's following this person. Which does make sense throughout the whole thing now yeah. of it just being tracked. And and, and part of it is, um, yeah, having seen the film and now looking back on it like, oh, okay. Right. Um, again, trying not to give too much away for the folks that haven't seen the film, but hopefully kind of wetting their whistle to say, okay, maybe there's, maybe this, uh, maybe I'll stick around for the next, it was about an hour and a half. I'll stick around for the next 90 minutes. And, uh, you know, see where this is heading. We had a lot to cover in this episode, so our conversation with Alice went a little long. Tune in next for the exciting conclusion of the beginning of Repo Man. Until then, you can hear more of Alice at the Now You've Seen It podcast, and you'll hear more of us at the next scene.